I, you know, friends in the broadcast business, and, and part of the reason uh, he's really cool is that he's also flexible because Snoop called him five minutes earlier, so I'm glad we got him on five minutes now. <laughs> he's Wyatt Thompson, play-by-play voice of, of the K- Kansas State Wildcats, who, who joins us now on the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline. How you doing today, Wyatt? Oh, you're the best, buddy. Great to be on with you. How are you, man? I'm doing good. Good, good. I, I know. I know. Not only are you doing good, obviously, the Wildcats are, and I know. Uh, you know, uh, Cat Nation's pretty excited about all of this. Uh, let me get your thoughts. I, 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 right from the start, right from the start, when Chris Kleiman came on board, you were one of the ones that were telling me, "Watch this guy. He knows what he's doing." I can tell from the minute he arrived on campus, he's got a plan. He'll, he'll, you know, he'll get this thing flipped. He'll get it turned. There may be some growing pains, and and we're seeing really heavy duty fruits of the labor uh, relatively early in his in his uh, coaching time uh, in the Little Apple. Did you expect the team to be on this roll to be thirteen in the in the uh, CFP rankings and to be playing as well as they are? I can't say that I expected that, Craig, but I did expect them to be up a tick this year just because of all of the guys that they had back from a year ago. The exception to that rule, of course, was Adrian Martinez, who really did a very, very fine job until he was injured a couple of two or three weeks ago, and he's still fighting. But he's also been good. A a guy who at Nebraska was, you know, troubled by turnovers, troubled by close losses. He really hasn't had hardly any of that here. No, he hasn't turned the ball over. He's just been a winning guy. He was elected captain. He's been a real star guy. But Will Howard's the story now, of course, over the last couple of weeks since uh, Adrian went down. And I don't necessarily think there's a quarterback controversy here because this is a really good group of guys and they're very confident and things are going well. But um, people are asking about the quarterback position for this weekend, but it, it's been a good team because they have so many guys back, whether it's Deuce Vaughn, Felix Anudike Uzama, Deuce Green. I mean, they've, they've got some good football players here. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, Longhorn fans got a chance to see Will Howard in the game here in Austin there at the end of uh, the season last year uh, with the injuries uh, that clearly uh, that had happened there. And Anybody in these parts knows about Deuce Vaughn being the Cedar Ridge High School uh, product that he is. In fact, one of the uh, uh, Roger Wallace's station KXAM was showing highlights of him playing for Cedar Ridge uh, back a few years ago. Uh, so he's no surprise as well. What has impressed you most about this start uh, to this season and the way the Wildcats have played? I would say probably for me the play of uh, the offensive line and uh, that secondary and Austin Moore. That sounds like a lot, but those were somewhat question marks coming in. Probably more so the safety position. Uh, I call that the out of the transfer portal where they come in and just lock down a position as plug and play. Yeah, We had that happen with three guys a year ago. We have it happening again with three guys, and I think that's part of the tip of the cap to Coach Kleiman and his staff to be able to do that. Uh, I look at this football team now, and I'll be honest, the secondary has just really been big. We we knew Echo Boydo and Julius Prince were good cover guys. What we didn't know was Josh Hayes, Drake Cheatham, and Kobe Savage would fit in like they have, and all have been good. I, I mentioned Austin Moore, too, at the Will Backer, Craig, only because he was listed as a two in week one leading up to the opener. Hmm. Uh, Sean Robinson was unavailable to go. He took over. 
And Coach Kleiman is prejudiced. We all know that. But he says he's playing at an all-Big 12 level. And then the offensive line, they, they, had, they lost maybe one of their top guys in week one in Taylor Portier. And, and uh, they've had a young man in there by the name of Hadley Panzer who's just taken over and done a great job. Yeah, uh, it had been very impressive to see. Um, we, uh, in addition to um, you know what, what Adrian Martinez brought to the team prior to the injury as well, uh, it, would it be fair to say that what Will Howard has been able to do has been, you know, we always hear that term change of pace back in, in running backs, that Will is kind of a change of pace quarterback and that he can throw that downfield ball or is more apt to uh, throw the ball downfield and, and uh, be able to hit on, on his pass. He's completing 60% of his passes right now and has only the one interception. Well, I think that's a really good question and a really good point because I think you're on task there and it's absolutely right. They are different. You know, the coaches say that the offense isn't that much different, uh, different w- whether it's Adrian in the game or Will Howard in the game, but I think it kind of is a little. <laughs> and, yeah. and I think in large part because of what you're talking about there, that vertical passing game. When this season started, you know, I, I think a lot of people felt like with Malik Knowles, Phillip Brooks, and Cade Warner, uh, K-State would be pretty good at that wide receiver spot. But Martinez started slowly, and I think he was, a, in all honesty, because of the turnover issues at Nebraska and stuff, he was a little cautious. Then he cut it loose at Oklahoma. Now, again, Oklahoma's had some issues since then, but they were ranked sixth in the country when we saw him in Norman, and, and Adrian just had a, a monster game. He threw for 234 yards, rushed for 148 and four scores. So he's, he's been, I think, every bit what they hoped he would be. and But yet... <laughs> Will Howard's up, probably up and above and beyond that. Keep in mind now, they're trying to redshirt the guy. He's only played in the last two weeks. For him to come in and play like he did in the game at, at TCU, especially in the first half before he got popped on that left shoulder, and then last week, I don't know how – I mean, the coaches probably aren't surprised, but everybody else in Wildcat Nation is. Well, the other thing that I think, Wyatt, that's impressive is, uh, and, and folks looking a little closer can see – the impact, of course, the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach is Colin Klein, a Big 12 Player of the Year, and we know the damage he did to teams, including Texas, with the way that he could just bully them to run in the ball and being a run-based quarterback, but could throw the ball as well. And Martinez, at least in terms of his impact with this game, reminded me of that. And yet, for Colin Klein to be able to work with a Will Howard, who is more of a downfield thrower and do that, I think it just says more about the uh, the K-State offense and the coaching staff that they can adjust like that, having two different kinds of quarterbacks. Yeah, and you know, when this season started, if you go back to the end of last year in the bowl game, January 4th against LSU, they, they cut uh, Courtney Messingham loose prior to the bowl season. And Colin Klein was the OC for that game. And we saw them play really well against LSU. Yes, it wasn't the LSU team of the the regular season, in all honesty. But we saw them be able to play multiple. And I think that's the point of this, is that they wanted to, as this season started, get up there and and go from, you know, 58, 60, 62, 63 plays up to 70, 72, 75. I don't know that they've totally accomplished that, but they can play at a quicker pace. But they also are one of the best run teams in the league, and uh, they they just have a lot of pieces with those, you know, three senior receivers with Deuce, the the quarterbacks. Haven't even talked about some of the other guys that 
have done a good job, but it's, it's been a very interesting offense to, to watch Colin just kind of continue to chug along and refine and, and work as we go forward. He's a really, really fine man and a good football coach. Visiting with Wyatt Thompson, play-by-play voice of the Kansas State Wildcats here. Uh, you brought up Austin Moore, and I was going to ask you about him because any time that uh, through uh, eight games of a season a kid's got 55 tackles, seven behind the line of scrimmage, and a sack and a half, and an, uh, an interception, and three pressures, and three passes broken up, that's not bad for a weak side linebacker. I would say, and and it's very interesting too. His um, his nickname is the Machine. Hmm. He didn't dream that up. That was his teammates, and it's not so much, uh, you know, like an Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, being just a machine of, a, of an individual. It's more about there's very little facial expression. He doesn't change very much. He just goes out and plays. He knows where he's supposed to be. He, he's good. He's handsy. He he makes plays. He's just a terrific guy, and, and he has exceeded all expectations. And I think, in fairness, he'd be the first to tell you that it also is a pretty good thing when you're alongside Khalid Duke and Daniel Green there, too. That helps. Yeah, <laughs> no doubt. That helps. Yeah. Um, the other guy I wanted to ask you about, and you brought him up briefly, is, uh, but uh, again, some numbers jump off the page, Emmy, and that's the end, Felix Andyadike Ozoma, who uh, uh, has nine tackles for loss, seven and a half sacks this year. So clearly he's an edge rusher who's getting, who's, uh, getting heat on the quarterback. Well, I believe he's one of the more explosive guys in the league. Uh, we, we saw what he did a year ago. Um, one of the best breakout seasons for a defensive end probably in Kansas State history. And he's just continued that. I think he's garnered more attention from from offenses. Our our fans here, uh, you know that they're pretty, uh, they're into their Wildcats. <laughs> they're, they're screaming that he gets held on every play. I don't know about that, but uh, I, I saw him a couple of times against Oklahoma State beat two guys twice. Um, so he's a pretty good football player too. And it, you know, at, at 6'4", 255, he plays a little bigger than that. He's got great hands, uh, wonderful motor. Um, I know Texas has a lot of guys like that and, and has over the years, but uh, he, he's a pretty special player for this group. Well, I don't want to ask you a little bit, but, uh, you know, obviously there's th- this Texas game at home and a night game, and it's going to be a vibrant atmosphere there. And then closing in Waco, in Morgantown, and then maybe the most uh, intriguing, if not uh, competitive, Sunflower Showdown that's happened yeah. in a long time with, with Kansas coming up. So I imagine there's a, a great deal of anticipation for what this Wildcat team can do despite the disappointing loss to TCU about getting to the Big 12 Conference Championship game. Well, you said a lot there, and I think it's interesting that if you, if you watch local television, whether it's Topeka, Wichita, Kansas City area, whatever it might be, I have to personally say it's a little bit odd of them talking about K-State being bowl eligible after clubbing Oklahoma State last week, but also KU potentially being bowl eligible this week. That hasn't happened in a while, and, and it has been a really cool story here. Lance Leipold has done a really, really good job over there uh, through the portal and building the program, and they are excited, and they should be. They, offensively, they're really tough, um, and uh, I just, it's just good for the rivalry. I, you, I'll just say this. To, we're we're going to sell out the season. Um, and people have been asking about KU tickets now for probably a month and a half. <laughs> that probably gives you a little bit of an idea of what it's like.
Wow. Um, what's uh, What's been the word about uh, what the uh, Wildcats want to do against uh, Texas on Saturday? Well, I think the biggest concern is, is if you go back in the, in the most recent games, K-State's kind of gotten trucked, right? I mean, they just smash mouth them. And, and I, I think they're concerned about that. When you play Texas, you know you're going to see size and athleticism and speed and all of those kind of things. And Bijan's so good. I think they worry about that. I think they worry about Xavier Worthy. Uh, there, there's a lot of things, but for me, can K-State move them a little bit uh, when they have the ball in the run game and, and have a little bit of a threat of a vertical pass game? I think it'll be easier to run if they can throw it some. And then on the other side, I, th- I think it's pretty simple. You know, K-State has been pretty, I'll say, pretty rock solid defensively, but they've had trouble at times, Craig, getting off the field on third down. Uh, if that happens against Texas, it, it might be a longer night than they want to have, frankly. Is it your gut feeling that uh, with Adrian Martinez that'll be a game-time decision? Based on what Coach Kleinman told me after the presser yesterday, I would think the earliest we would know would be Thursday night, but I wouldn't be surprised at all if this doesn't go into Saturday. Um, you know, we I'll be honest, I thought he was going to play last week, and, and after warming up, he just felt like he wasn't 100%, so they made the decision to go with Will. I can see it playing out similarly to that this time, too. All right. Uh, hey, White, I, I appreciate the time. Look forward to being back up in the Flint Hills this weekend. Look forward to seeing you and Stan Weber uh, and Matt Walters and the, and the whole gang. Uh, and you guys are always great to us up there. So I appreciate you taking the time this morning to hop on with me. It is my pleasure as always, partner. Looking forward to seeing you. Thank All right. you. Thank you, Wyatt. That's uh, Wyatt bet. Thompson, play-by-play voice of the Kansas State Wildcats. Uh, big ball game for both of those teams. No question about it. It's it's crucial for K-State trying to stay right near the top of the Big 12 Conference standings. Their only loss, of course, being to TCU. And uh, and TCU unbeaten, as we know. And and uh, and and uh, number seven in the uh, college football playoff rankings, the first that were released. K-State number 13. Texas, uh, interestingly enough, uh, while not being ranked in either of the uh, AP or coaches' polls uh, is uh, ranked in the first college football playoff rankings and the only three-loss team that's in that. And a lot of the conversation, and and there's always going to be a great deal of conversation about the teams that are 5, 6, 7, maybe even 8, but mainly 5, 6, and 7 on the outside of those playoff rankings. Uh, Tennessee, Ohio State, Georgia, and Clemson, your top four. Michigan is five, Alabama is six, TCU is seven, and then the top ten is Oregon, USC, and LSU. I mentioned Kansas State is uh, 13, Oklahoma State is 18, and Texas is 24. Uh, but obviously, folks zero in on the top four, Tennessee, Ohio State, Georgia, and Clemson, and then those just on the outside looking in, Michigan, Alabama, and TCU. Now, there's – a great deal of uh, angst. I, I've read it. I've seen it on social media on the part of Horn Frog fans saying, uh, you know, they're better in Clemson. They've gotten um, they've gotten a raw deal because they're unbeaten. They should definitely be ahead of Alabama. And Michigan hasn't really been tested. The one team that's been pretty good uh, on their schedule is Penn State. And Penn State did play Ohio State pretty tough last week before you know they were leading in the third quarter before they fell off, and they're number 15 in the CFP's first rankings. Um, 
TCU's got a case. They do have a case. The thing about this is, and, and we usually wind up saying this uh, when the first rankings come out, two things, and this came out last night on the deal. One, that there's still a lot of football left to be played. We know that. Fully a third of the regular season scheduled to go, followed by conference championship games. Two, that usually these things work themselves out. I did stress the word usually. Usually they work themselves out. Uh, for example, you have Tennessee is number one, Georgia's number three. They play in Athens this Saturday. Ohio State will host Michigan uh, at the end of the month. Clemson still has a couple of tests as well, and then the ACC championship game. Michigan, as we mentioned, plays Ohio State. Alabama uh, is going to have tests the rest of the way in the regular season, starting this Saturday against LSU. TCU is not without its tests as well. So there's there's still that falls into a lot of football left to be played and early days yet. But I understand uh, the 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 angst that might be suggested for those folks, and, and this was a popular uh, grumble on Twitter last night. For those folks who are saying, well, if it had been Texas or Oklahoma at 8 no, they would have been in the top four. I might remind you that last year in the first CFP rankings, Oklahoma was unbeaten and they were number nine in the deal. So it's not always a given that it works out that way. But I understand the angst and, and the grumbling. But I have a feeling this is probably going to work itself out. That will probably be the case with the high school football uh, district races and playoff spots, but it's a jumble, and we're going to get to that coming up in our Flex 30 